Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Ireland's Vanishing Triangle. Ireland's Vanishing Triangle refers to the unexplained disappearances of six young women throughout the eastern and midland regions of the Republic of Ireland during the 1990s. However, it has long been suspected that numerous other cases may be linked to the aforementioned six cases. This podcast will consist of 10 episodes. One case will feature per episode covering a period of 16 years between 1987 and 2003. So, if you are interested in unsolved mysteries, true crime and a little bit of history, then hopefully this podcast will be for you. Now to begin episode 4. I would like to start in the summer of 1993 with the unsolved disappearance of Eva Brennan, a single woman from South Dublin who by 1993 was living in the upmarket neighbourhood known as Ratgar. Now just to quickly take you back to July 1993. During this month Pete Sampras won his first of many Wimbledon titles. In the Italian city of Milan A bomb planted by the Mafia exploded, killing five people. And in Irish news, the Criminal Law Sexual Offences Act was passed into law, which finally decriminalised homosexuality throughout the country. Sunday the 25th of July, 93, began as a normal Sunday for 39-year-old Eva Brennan. Eva has been described as a creature of habit and enjoyed a quiet life based on routine. On Sunday morning she attended Mass at St. Joseph's, Ch- Joseph's Church in Terranure, as she did every day. Eva also spent many evenings attending prayer groups that would be organised by the church. After attending church that morning, Eva walked to her parents' house at Ratdown Park in Temple Oak, South Dublin, arriving at roughly 1pm for a family dinner with her parents and seven siblings. Following Eva's arrival at her parents' house, a minor argument occurred between Eva and some of her siblings, an insignificant argument that most families have throughout their lives. This particular argument was in relation to the choice of food for Sunday dinner. After this minor dispute, Eva Brennan left her parents' home. It is then presumed, but not confirmed, that Eva returned to her one-bed apartment in Madison House on Ratgar Road, a walk that would take an estimated 20 minutes. By Tuesday the 27th of July, Eva's family began to worry about her whereabouts. Even though this was only two days since Eva's family last saw her, Eva spoke with her family every day without fail and visited her parents' house most days. For Eva not to speak to or see any of her family members for two days was considered highly unusual and worrying. On Tuesday afternoon, Mr. Davy Brennan, Eva's father, called to her 
apartment at Madison House, but got no response. Mr. Brennan then walked a short distance to a pub known as the 108, which is owned by the Brennan family. Here he enlisted the help of a barman. Mr. Brennan and the barman then returned to Eva's apartment and smashed a window to gain entry to the property. The apartment, apartment sorry, was said to be spotless with no sign of a struggle. However, Eva's keys, money and handbag were not at the property, but the coat Eva was wearing at her parents' house was there, hanging on a chair. Although the pink tracksuit Eva was wearing that day was nowhere to be seen along with her white shoes. Later that day, Davy Brennan arrived at Terranure Garda Station to report his daughter missing. Sadly, unlike Annie McCarrick's disappearance, Eva Brennan's unexplained disappearance did not seem to alert the Gardaí. Eva vanished almost four months to the day after Annie McCarrick did. They both lived in apartments in upmarket South Dublin neighbourhoods, five kilometres from each other. And Rathgar, where Eva Brennan lived, was the same town where Annie McCarrick was seen getting on the number 44 bus to Enniskerry. Clearly these links are weak at best, but you would at least have hoped that they would have compelled the Gardaí to act in a timely manner. Eva's family did inform Gardaí that Eva sometimes suffered from depression. The family correctly wanted Gardaí to know this straight away as they did not want the Gardaí to think that the family was withholding information from them. This information led Gardaí to suggest that Eva may have committed suicide. But with good reason Eva's family disputed this suggestion. Eva was a devoted Catholic no suicide note was ever found, and most importantly, Eva's remains were never found. There seemed to be no will from the Gardaí to launch a full investigation into Eva's disappearance, which prompted Eva's father, a long-term member of Ireland's most successful political party, Fianna Fáil, to use his political connections to help in the search for his daughter. Amazingly and testament to his will, Davy Brennan was able to enlist the help of the then Irish Prime Minister Albert Reynolds, who helped compel Gardaí to launch an investigation into Eva's disappearance. The Gardaí then examined Eva's apartment for informa- information that may explain her disappearance but nothing of forensic or evidential value was found. And really, how could they have found anything of value? This examination was conducted months after Eva vanished and her family had since cleaned the apartment. A man's brown wristwatch that belonged to Eva, along with a red leather handbag, were missing from the apartment. It is presumed Eva had these items with her when she disappeared.
Hello and welcome back. Thank you for listening for so long. Unlike the cases covered in the previous three episodes, there has been no reported sightings of Eva Brennan. The last confirmed sighting of Eva was her leaving her parents' house in the afternoon of Sunday the 25th of July, sometime after 1pm. If Eva did return to her apartment after leaving her parents' house, she would have walked along the busy Temple Oak Road through the centre of Terranure village and then would have walked through a busy crossroads at Ratgar town centre. That Sunday was a bank holiday and a clear sunny day with temperatures of 18 degrees. So no doubt many people in the densely populated areas of Temple Oak and Ratgar would have been outside enjoying the good weather. Yet nobody could recall seeing Eva that day. Eva was 5 foot 7, had short dark hair and was wearing a distinctive pink tracksuit but not one confirmed sighting of her. As the jacket Eva was wearing at her parents' house was found in her apartment, it is presumed that Eva returned to her apartment and left the property at a later time. But again, there was no reported sightings of Eva leaving her apartment. The lack of sightings is even more bizarre when you consider that Eva grew up in the neighbourhood with her six siblings and her family are well known throughout the Rockgar and Temple Oak areas. They own two successful pubs and Eva's father was a successful racehorse owner. Eva Brennan only moved into her apartment at Madison House three years before she vanished. Eva had previously lived at her parents' house in Rathdown Park. Eva's apartment was specifically chosen as it was considered safe. It was located on a busy street, was visible from that street. It is opposite the 108 pub that was owned by Eva's father and was considered difficult to break into. All of this would make it seem unlikely that someone broke into Eva's apartment and possibly abducted her. However, due to the reluctance of the guardie to investigate Eva's disappearance and examine her apartment, the possibility of an intruder cannot be ruled out. As previously mentioned, Eva Brennan was a creature of habit and stuck to the same routine most days. Unfortunately, Eva's lifestyle would have left her vulnerable to being stalked by someone. Around the time Eva vanished, the 108 pub was having some construction work done. So after Larry Murphy, Murphy, a freelance carpenter, was arrested in early 2001 for the abduction and attempted murder of a young woman, Eva's family did inquire to Gardy about him and his whereabouts during July of 93 but unfortunately they never heard anything back. The Gardaí did suggest to the Brennan family that Eva may have known a man named Michael Bambrick 
from Clondalkin in the southwest of Dublin. Bambrick was arrested in 1995 for the brutal murders of Patricia McCauley and Mary Cummings and subsequently convicted. Both Patricia McCauley and Mary Cummings were known to Bambrick and were found buried at his house in Clondalkin. But there has been absolutely no evidence to suggest that even Eva Brennan even met Bambrick, let alone knew him, nor does it seem she spent any time in Clondalkin or the south inner city where Bambrick frequented. It has been said by Eva's family that she was very aware of danger and conscious of safety, so much so that if, if Eva was waiting at a bus stop and if a man arrived at the bus stop, she would walk to the next stop, even if it meant missing the bus. It seems unlikely that Eva Brennan would allow herself to be lured by such a dreadful person like Murphy or Bambrick. Obviously, obviously though, this can't be ruled out. The Gardaí did track down a man from County Donegal who had attended prayer groups with Eva but this line of inquiry led nowhere they also spoke to an ex-boyfriend of Eva's who was living in Liverpool but again this led nowhere searches of nearby rivers parks and areas of interest were unable to garner any evidence Eva's family did hire a private detective, but like the Gardaí, they were unable to establish any leads. On the 25th of July this year, Eva Brennan will be missing for 30 years. Yet there seems to be no leads, no witness accounts or any evidence that could help explain Eva's sudden disappearance. If anyone has any information that could help solve this case, they are urged to contact Terranure Garda Station on 016-640. Crime Stoppers on 1800-250-025. Or the Garda Confidential Line on 1800-666-111. Thank you for listening. Most importantly, this episode and podcast is dedicated to Eva Brennan. In the next episode of the series, I'll be covering an unsolved murder case from December of 1993. Now, just to finally thank some people. My family for their patience and support. Soundcaster Studios for the intro music. Daniel Lim for IT, the Instagram page known as Coffee, Wine and Crime 2022, ran by the brilliant hell. She really has put together some great Instagram stories on numerous Irish cold cases, so please give them a follow. Thanks to the authors and journalists Barry Cummings and Sarah McInerney, and finally the Kildare-based singer-songwriter Rory Glanders for the for the song I will now play thank you for listening